Hi friends, I'm Tierney. And I'm Shelby. And we're Dead Dead Drunk. Drunk. Next Monday, August 24th, is the one-year anniversary of the death of Elijah McLean. If you haven't heard his story, it's a heartbreaking one of racial bias and police brutality. You've seen the protests, and you've probably heard his name. But do you know all of the details? We're going to tell you what came after the murder of Elijah McLean. I'm drinking this beer. <laughs> Should I go get a drink? <laughs> That's up to you. It is two in the afternoon. <laughs> That's true. But, but time is relative fun. and doesn't exist in this current state. Time is relative. Family is relatives. Is that the end of the statement? <laughs> Isn't yep. that a Gabby Hanna poem? <laughs> yes. It's the worst <laughs> poem I've ever heard. She goes... Beauty is relative. Time is relative. Family is relatives. Like, are you fucking kidding? <laughs> like, you're kidding. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to this week's Dead Drunk, where we pick apart <laughs> Vine people's poetry books. <laughs> the The worst part of that poetry book was the title. Do you know what the title is? I'm sure you've told me, but I totally forgot. Adult Lessons. Adults a lessons? Adult like adult lessons, like adult and adolescence together. Adult lessons. Isn't adolescence the word that's supposed to be adult and less than adult? I don't I'm so confused by that word. <laughs> I think adolescence is like when you're uh It's not the worst title though, because that award goes uh, to a martial arts journey experience. That book. <laughs> yes, that is true. I need to read that book. Yes, it's adolescence not- is the transitional phase of growth and development between childhood and adulthood. Yeah, so I don't. I don't. You're right. Her agent. Why would her agent let her name that book that? Like. <laughs> or did yeah, she self-publish? Like, did she go through a publisher? I don't know what she did, but they had it at Target. So. <laughs> Do you own it? No, I don't own it. Are you joking? You've bought things as a joke before, so. Yes, but not that. I don't want her to get confused that she thinks her poetry is good. Mm. But I support her creativity. (laughs) (laughs) I support your growth in this creative market. (laughs) All right, so. Hello. Anyway. (laughs) Hi, guys. Sorry to, to break apart. Gabby Hanna's poetry book. <laughs> I had, it had to be done. It had to be done. <laughs> More in depth breaking apart on our Patreon. Just <laughs> Our new Patreon series is just me making fun of Gabby Hanna. <laughs> Every week. Uh, interrupted by dramatic readings of her poems. <laughs> yeah. Um, maybe I'll just interrupt you, you halfway through this recording with um, a poem. Oh, that'll be fun to look out for, drunkies. That you guys <laughs> <laughs> should take a sip of your drink. If you notice when the poem comes in, you'll notice. <laughs> you 
you'll be hearing about Elijah McClain, and then all of a sudden, beauty is family relatives. is relatives. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't know what we're talking about, I'm really sorry. <laughs> don't buy the book, though. Like, don't. You can go to Target and peruse it like it's a library and then decide for yourself if you should buy yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, but don't buy it just because we're talking about it. Who does that? Nobody does that. No. <laughs> yeah, so I guess it's time to stop talking about random stuff. Okay, I guess. We could talk about important stuff for now. It's okay, though. You, As you've heard in the intro and know from the title, this week we're talking about Elijah McClain. Which is a particularly brutal mm, police murder, I guess I'll call it, that happened last year. A year exactly on Monday, as I said. But we've prepared you a drink that can help you get through it. And I think it's perfectly named to echo Elijah's sweet and caring nature. Our cocktail today comes to us from Trisha Yearwood, of all places, (laughs) The country music singer and now Food Network chef. I don't. Oh, my God. I didn't like even put it together that it was the same person. Yeah. She really funny. She sometimes sings on her Food Network show. It's pretty. That sounds like something I would do. (laughs) Yeah. I think she sang with not her daughter, but Garth Brooks's daughter. Huh. They cooked something together and. That's kind of cute. Yeah. But our drink today is called the Sweet Fallen Angel, which I thought was very fitting. So first, what you're going to do is make some mint lime simple syrup. This part is optional. So if you don't want mint lime simple syrup in your drink, don't do it. Um, but it's pretty Why easy. I don't want that, though. I don't know. It's pretty easy. And every time you make one of these syrups, you can just save it and use it for whatever other cocktail you want to have. But Yeah, I just feel like it would like elevate the drink, no? Yeah. I, me too. I think so, too. All right. Um, so you do this the same way we always make simple syrup, which we do quite a lot recently. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But with a half cup of sugar and half cup of water, you're going to add two tablespoons of fresh lime juice. So just like squeeze a few limes over that pan. Then add in a bunch of fresh mint and simmer until the sugar is dissolved. And then, you know, strain out the mint and put it in a whatever container you have. I have a ton of empty salsa containers. That I use for stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I've noticed that about you. Yeah. <laughs> I save containers. I don't know why. <laughs> then fill a cocktail shaker with ice and s- add some dry gin, lime juice, and the mint lime simple syrup. Shake it all up and then strain it into a glass filled with ice. And then, nice. s- then slowly pour half a teaspoon of grenadine on top. Top it off with some club soda. And garnish with some fresh mint leaves. I don't know how you would garnish with mint leaves. I personally don't enjoy things where leaves get in my mouth. So don't do that. <laughs> uh, you could put a lime wedge on the side. That's probably better. And then enjoy. But enjoy legally and responsibly. Yeah. And if you guys want to reference that later without finding it in the podcast, I made a cartoon. It's on our Instagram. Go check it out. It's cute. Yeah. And that's what we're drinking this week. So... Now that you've got your liquid emotional support, are you ready for the case? Drink up, dead drunkies. Elijah McLean was a 23-year-old massage therapist who, according to his mother, Shanine McLean, he wanted to heal others. Shanine told CNN, quote, he was able to accept love and give love in varying forms. 
Elijah taught himself how to play the violin and the guitar, and he used his musical talents to play the violin for animals at a local shelter during his lunch hour. That is so cute. Mm-hmm. I'm, like, picturing him playing a violin to, like, the dogs at ARF. <laughs> I know. Oh, my God. I wonder how they would react. I know we have a new dog, and she would love it. She is so nervous Aww. and sweet. She would very much love it. So, in short, Elijah was a sweet fallen angel. Take a sip. <laughs> and he lived with his very close-knit family in Aurora, Colorado. So, a little after 10.30 p.m. on August 24th, 2019, the Aurora PD received a call about a suspicious person who was wearing a mask and waving his hands around as he walked down the street. In response, they dispatched three officers, Nathan Woodyard, Jason Rosenblatt, and Randy Rodima. The officers claimed that McLean, quote, resisted contact with them and instead continued walking down the street. Elijah had made a quick trip to the convenience store that night to pick up an iced tea for his brother. His family stated that the mask the caller had seen was actually McLean's open face ski mask that he wore quite frequently because he had anemia and would sometimes get cold. Oh. Yeah. I mean, it has to suck because he's wearing this ski mask in August. That's how cold he gets. Right. <laughs> Elijah was unarmed and dancing as he listened to music on the walk home, which is why he never heard the police initiate contact with him. Again, he wasn't refusing contact. He didn't hear them. Yeah. Unfortunately, the police classified him not hearing them and responding to them as resisting arrest. And according to the police report, a struggle ensued. One officer put him in a carotid hold, which, according to the New York Times, quote, restricts blood to the brain to render someone unconscious. Due to the level of physical force the officers used while attempting to handcuff Elijah, again, for doing nothing wrong, they called Aurora first responders. The first responders, quote, administered life-saving measures to Elijah before injecting him with what they call a therapeutic amount of ketamine to sedate him. <sighs> Yeah, so ketamine is that drug that you hear people say, you know, like special K, and they'll do it recreationally. I don't know why, but realistically, I believe it's a horse tranquilizer. So I don't know why they had it. I don't know why they administered it. Yeah. But this is what caused Elijah McLean to go into cardiac arrest on the way to the hospital. And six days later, his family had to make the difficult decision to remove him from life support. At the time, his family told the media that he was brain dead and covered in bruises. Elijah McLean was beaten and drugged to death by the Aurora Police Department for doing absolutely nothing wrong. Again, he was just dancing home after buying an iced tea at the convenience store. So literally nothing. Literally nothing. Which is why I find I find all of these cases horrifying. But this one, especially, I find... Especially horrifying and the most disturbing, really, because it was really complete. It was completely uncalled for. Yeah. Body cam footage of the interaction does exist. But as we have seen in the many other cases of police brutality that we've talked about and just seen in America this past year and before this year, too, the Aurora Police Department refused to release it to the public for months. Finally, in late November of last year, they released the footage to the public. And in that footage, you can clearly hear an officer admit that Elijah had done nothing illegal prior to the violent arrest. 
Another officer can be heard claiming that Elijah reached for his gun, which I don't believe in the slightest. Elijah reached for the officer's gun or his own? Elijah didn't have a exactly, gun. Exactly, so but it, that, that's yeah. what I'm like. Do they think he was... I'm, I'm assuming that this offer tried to claim... This officer tried to claim that Elijah reached for his service weapon. Okay. So... I don't believe that. Which I... I don't believe. And if... If that wasn't enough, according to the cut, Elijah, quote, can be heard asking the officers to stop, explaining that they started to arrest him as he was stopping his music to listen. So as they were starting to arrest him, he was pausing his music and realizing what was going on around him. He then, again, according to the cut, quote, he gasps that he cannot breathe. He tells them his name, says he has ID but no gun, and pleads that his house is right there. He sobs and vomits and apologizes. Quote, I wasn't trying to do that, he says. I just can't breathe correctly. One of the officers can also be heard threatening to set his dog on McLean as he keeps messing around and claiming he exhibited an extreme show of strength when officers tried to pin back his arms. Again, for doing nothing wrong. Yeah. Conveniently, it's hard to see the officer's protocol on the footage since the body cams allegedly fell off during the arrest, as they always do, or they get... They always seem to fall off. Yeah. When So either somebody's doing it on purpose, or we need to make body cams that aren't going to fall off. Well, we know that they have enough money to make body cameras that don't fall off, so somebody's doing this on purpose. You guys can't tell, but I'm, I'm snapping. <laughs> However, what can be seen if you watch from around the 15-minute mark is someone pick up one of the cameras and point it toward Elijah and one of the officers before dropping it to the ground again. According to the cut, at about 15.34 in the footage, quote, one of the officers seems to say, leave your camera there. So they take them off. They, it sounds like they took them off. Mm. In early November, before the body cam footage was released, the Adams County coroner announced that, according to his findings, it was unclear whether Elijah McLean's death had been an accident, a carotid hold-related homicide, or the result of natural causes. The cause of death was listed as undetermined, but the coroner made a point to mention the hemorrhaging on his neck and the abrasions that covered various parts of his body. The coroner's report notes, quote, an idiosyncratic drug reaction an unexpected reaction to a drug, even at a therapeutic level, cannot be ruled out. Obviously referring to the ketamine dosage administered by the first responders. For some reason. Mm. Oddly, however, the report seems to blame Elijah McLean's death on himself. According to Denver 7 ABC, the report said, quote, The decedent was violently struggling with officers who were attempting to restrain him. Most likely, the decedent's physical exertion contributed to death. It is unclear if the officer's action contributed as well. It feels pretty clear to me, though. (laughs) And it seemed pretty clear to the McLean family's attorney, Mari Newman, who said, quote, What the report says, it's clear that if the police had not attacked Elijah McLean, he would be alive today. The autopsy report noted... And I feel that it's important to state this, that Elijah was 5'6 and weighed just 140 pounds. So, and three officers pinned, put him on the ground. The officers involved, whose names I've said before, but I'll keep repeating throughout this, Nathan Woodyard, Jason Rosenblatt, and Randy Rodimo, were initially placed on administrative leave while the Aurora Police Department investigated the incident. 
A few days after the autopsy report was released, Adams County prosecutors announced that they would not bring charges against any of the officers, to the shock of absolutely nobody. All three of the officers then returned to normal duty. The district attorney, Dave Young, wrote to the Aurora police chief, Nick Metz, about the decision. According to the Sentinel, D.A. Young wrote, quote, Based on the investigation presented and the applicable Colorado law, there is no reasonable likelihood of success of proving any state crimes beyond a reasonable doubt at trial. Therefore, no state criminal charges will be filed as a result of this incident. The then Chief Metz subsequently denounced the officers' threats to McLean, calling them unprofessional, and stated that the comment had, quote, been addressed with that officer through a written corrective action. Still, the McLean family's attorney told the Sentinel, quote, if Aurora thinks this is appropriate policing, the community should be petrified. We are disappointed but not surprised that once again, members of law enforcement will not be held criminally accountable for killing an unarmed black man. Because it's just become such a normal thing in our country, which is really, really, really upsetting. According to The Cut, none of the officers involved have been fired as of June 29th of this year. However, on June 13th, the APD quietly reassigned Woodyard and Rosenblatt to non-enforcement duties, with Rodima following on June 20th. The APD refused to comment to the cut. However, a spokesperson hinted to Fox 31 Denver that the decision was motivated by a concern for the officer's safety, which I kind of don't buy. Yeah, what? Since all of the recent media coverage sparked by the death of George Floyd, Elijah's case has gained more attention. A GoFundMe page created by Shanine McLean has raised nearly $1.5 million by June 18th and may have more than that. I believe it's almost up to $3 million at this point. In addition to the donations to the McLean family, an online petition calling for the officers involved to be taken off duty and an investigation into Elijah McLean's death to be reopened has gathered 3 million signatures. So it's probably, that was the three million I was thinking of, but it's probably closer to two million at this point, her GoFundMe. Mm. But we'll link to that and the petition below. Absolutely. But yeah. there's, but there's still more to get into because the McLean family wasn't satisfied because who would be with the lack of response from the Aurora Police Department, the, which was basically no response at all. So this past spring, the McLean family pushed lawmakers in Colorado to adopt new police reforms. As the case gathered more attention from the media and more support from protesters across the nation, the Aurora Police Department interim chief, Vanessa Wilson, announced a ban of carotid holds. In addition to this change, police officers are now required to report excessive force used by their colleagues and announce their intention to use deadly force before firing their weapon. So these were some good steps taken pretty quickly by the new chief. That's good. On June 18th, 2020, Colorado Governor Jared Polis signed an executive order appointing the state's attorney general, Phil Weiser, to re-examine Elijah McLean's case and file charges if the facts support prosecution. In a statement released to the public, Governor Polis said, quote, Elijah McLean should be alive today and we owe it to his family to take this step and elevate the pursuit of justice in his name to a statewide concern, which is absolutely correct. 100%. Governor Paulus also signed the Enhanced Law Enforcement Integrity Act that same week, which not only bans the use of chokeholds and deadly force for nonviolent offenses, but also allows for the bypassing of qualified immunity, which has been a big win for protesters, I say. I know that it's just the state of Colorado, but I really do think this, is a, this was a good move. Yep. A step in the right direction. 
1871, when Congress enacted the Civil Rights Act to combat the Ku Klux Klan, people were given the ability to sue local and state government officers for damages after having their rights violated by their actions. In 1982, the U.S. Supreme Court created qualified immunity to get around the protections given to us by the Civil Rights Act. Qualified immunity essentially protects officers from any legal liability unless the rights that were violated were clearly established. So this is why this is a good thing. Anya Bidwell, the Institute for Justice attorney, explains, quote, Qualified immunity means that government officials can get away with violating your rights as long as they violated them in a way nobody thought of before, and that means that the most egregious abuses are frequently the ones for which no one can be held accountable. Essentially, this new act states that qualified immunity is not a defense to liability, meaning that no officers in the state of Colorado will ever be able to violently arrest someone for doing nothing but walking home from the convenience store without repercussions ever again. Which is a good thing. Yeah. I know it's small and it's just Colorado, but every movement starts small somewhere. So... I, I don't know. I think this was, I think a lot of positive stuff came out of Elijah McClain's death. It's a real tragedy and it's really sad to see someone so sweet and beautiful go so early, but there's some positivity coming out of this that he's yeah, probably... Yeah, at least people are taking action. Yeah. And... I don't know. Which is good. And I think that the action is probably motivated, just like I said before, all of these deaths at the hands of police who are supposed to protect us are horrible. But this one was particularly disturbing. And I think that that's why it sparked so much, not immediate, but really quick change. Mm -hmm. It really lit a fire under Colorado's government saying that, hey... can this happen to everybody? Can we all just be injected with drugs against our will and die? I I guess. And then the governor said, nope. <laughs> <laughs> no, that shouldn't be a thing. Yeah. The governor, the governor of Colorado, at least, has a brain in his head. Over a month later, on August 11th, A.G. Weiser announced that his investigation into the Aurora Police Department and its patterns and practices have been going on for a few weeks now. In addition to these investigations, the Colorado Department of Public Health and Environment announced on July 28th that they were, quote, reopening an investigation into how a paramedic came to inject McLean with 500 milligrams of ketamine during his violent arrest. And of course, we should mention the other issue of gross misconduct that came from the Aurora Police Department. Last October, at a memorial for McLean, a few officers from the Aurora PD thought it would be funny to pose for pictures at the spot where McLean was apprehended. The officers involved in these mocking photos were subsequently fired by the interim police chief, Wilson. According to the cut, quote, in the images, Jaron Jones poses with his arm wrapped around officer Kyle Dietrich's neck, a mocking imitation of the hold used on McLean. Both officers are smiling while officer Erica Marrero grins over their shoulders. Rosenblatt did not participate in the photograph, but he did text back, ha ha, when someone sent it to him according to the New York Times. Jones resigned from the force in June of this year, and Rosenblatt was fired for what Wilson said was a, quote, utter inability to do the right thing here. He was fired because he responded with ha-ha. So, which, I mean, he had to be fired, but I, 
I'm getting the impression from all of these cases that it's really, really difficult to fire a police officer and make it stick. So this is a clear case of misconduct. And he participated in it by texting back, ha ha. So I think she used it. Chief Wilson used it as, yep, you're fired now. Yeah. Which is good because that means that the rest of them, the other two, are on thin ice. Interim Chief Wilson also noted that Woodyard also received the photos. Woodyard was another one of the officers involved in McLean's violent arrest. But apparently he deleted them because they made him feel extremely disturbed, which they should. So good on you, I guess. I don't know. Still hate that guy. But Mari Newman drew a parallel between this photograph and, quote, the Jim Crow South, where white supremacists thought it was amusing to take pictures of themselves with lynched human beings. Ugh. Yeah. I hate On people. August 11th of this year, just a few weeks ago, the McLean, or last week, just last week, <laughs> or the week before, it's a, I don't know. I don't know what day it is. Do you? On no. August 11th. <laughs> On August 11th, the McLean family filed a lawsuit against Aurora that claims that the city's, quote, unconstitutional conduct on the night of August 24th, 2019, is a part of a larger custom, policy, and practice of racism and brutality, as reflected by its conduct both before and after its murder of Elijah McLean, a young black man. The suit claims that McLean was detained simply because of racial bias, and as defendants, it lists the officers involved in McLean's death, as well as other members of the Aurora Police Department and Aurora Fire Rescue, who were the paramedics that responded. The suit argues further that since McLean had not been accused of any crime, there was no need to use the excessive amount of force that these officers did, and absolutely no reason to inject him with ketamine. The lawsuit has even pointed to the police's recent combative responses to peaceful protesters. So the fact that police are being combative with peaceful protesters is helping to build Elijah McLean's case. Because it just showcases the amount of police brutality out there and the fact that it's so widespread. I know we haven't seen many stories lately because the protesting has kind of died down, I guess, for some reason. Yeah, because, I mean, it's exhausting. I mean, after yeah. these people are trying, and I mean, I think these protests have probably been the most impactful of them all, but, like, as we talked about with Kanika Jenkins, there were people protesting for her death not being investigated. There's always people protesting for, you know, the unfair death of black people in our society. And, I mean after a while of people not doing anything about it, it gets exhausting. Yeah. And I think a lot of people have just kind of like returned to life as normal because they don't think their efforts are working, which is, I mean, well, I mean, they're not going to work very fast, but they are working. Colorado has now eliminated qualified immunity and things are happening because Elijah McClain's family has rallied and America has rallied in protests and, drawn a lot of attention and i don't know uh mary newman the family's attorney hopes that the lawsuit will quote hold accountable the aurora officials police officers and paramedics responsible for mclean's murder and to force the city of aurora to change its long-standing pattern of brutal and racist policing Mm -hmm. and i kind of hope that it works as an example for the rest of the country 
Yeah, I agree. But, I mean, I understand wanting to return to life as normal, but I don't know what the new normal is going to look like. And while it can be exhausting to get out there and protest, it is working. You can get out and protest in multiple ways, even if you just talk about it. Just I just had a really great conversation last week with my friend Drea. Hey, Drea. And she and it's great. And you can just just talk to your beloved friends about race. It's an important it's an important topic to talk about. And it's not something I mean, I know that people have been going around for years going like, I don't see race. No, see it. No. Look at it. They want you to see it. Exactly. They want you to acknowledge it and they want you to respect it. And that's the difference between not being racist and being like, oh, I don't see color and being actively anti-racist and embracing the cultures of your friends and making them feel seen and heard for who they are and who their families are and what their community is. Exactly. Because just like you want to be heard and you want to tell people all of the different percentages on your 23 and me, everybody, (laughs) (laughs) everyone like, did you know Tierney's Pacific Islander? (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah. It's like 0.2%. There's some in there. So, (laughs) but I don't know. I think that it's, it's okay to want to go back to normal. It's okay to want to take a break because you've got to take breaks because this time is really hard. But don't, don't stop. Change <laughs> is uncomfortable, but it's necessary. So, mm-hmm. so with the sources, we'll include links to the GoFundMe where you can still donut. Ugh, you can donut where you can. <laughs> <laughs> where you can still donate to Elijah McLean's family and most of the proceeds will probably go towards either just helping the family out with their bills or helping them with this these medical, ex- uh, no, these legal expenses because they're taking Aurora to court. <laughs> I'm feeling another inspiration for a, a donut merch design. <laughs> <laughs> Please All donut our little, to our GoFundMe. All of our stumblings over words are soon going to be on shirts. (laughs) (laughs) We will also include the link to the petition where you can give your name in support of the newly reopened investigation and call for the immediate removal of Nathan Woodyard and Randy Rodima. And I haven't found a petition yet, but this petition may also be the one to call for criminal charges to come against Woodyard, Rodima, and Rosenblatt. But we will probably get there depending on the attorney general's investigation, which, in my opinion, should very easily find that these three are responsible for murdering Elijah McClain. But so that's that's the case. It's not a great case, but I think there are some positive things coming out of this horrible, tragic loss. It's important for us, I think, to to bring it up again and make sure that it's still something that we're talking about. If you make this drink and you want to share it with us because we love drinking with you drunkies, you can share it with us on our Instagram at Dead Drunk Crime. You can also tweet it at us at Dead Drunk Crime. You can find us on Facebook at Dead Drunk A True Crime Podcast or our discussion page, Dead Drunk Discussions. Where we'll be sharing memes and asking for your opinions on stuff. Talk to us. Don't think we're just asking you to think quietly in your seat. <laughs> Respond. 
come talk to us. We want to talk with you. Be my friend. About, about these important issues or what drink you hated the most that we've made or, like, or you know, whatever. I've had a bunch of true crime um, discussion pages on Facebook and people are always posting like in the TCO group, they're posting like they're super hot husbands and like. Yeah, just talk just, with us. We just want to share know you. Be my friend. Yeah, so come be our friends in the discussion group. Um, if you want to talk about true crime, we're about it. If you have theories on a lot Israel Keys that we haven't touched on, we're about it. If you just want to share pictures of your dogs, I'm about yes. it. Dogs are always <laughs> welcome. Yeah, if you just found a great meme that you think we'll appreciate it, guess what? We will. So <laughs> put it in the group. Share it. <laughs> um, put it in the group. And speaking of Israel Keys. We're still doing that over on our Patreon. Patreon.com slash dead drunk. <laughs> you know our email. It's deaddrunkpod at gmail.com. So go over there. Send us your case suggestions. But also, send us your spooky stories. Real scary stories. Fake scary stories. Scare us. We want to be Send spooked. us your scary stories. Us. We will share them with our listeners in all time. In the spooky season. Yeah, when we get into spooky season which i feel like we're all gonna be missing a little bit this year yeah, i need it except so for bad. those trick-or-treaters i'm not gonna miss those <laughs> but, <laughs> but i'm gonna miss the spooky season outings so if you want to get a little bit of your spooky on send us your spooky stories and we'll share the spookiest ones every week throughout spooky season yay okay uh we also have a oh, really cool merch which we've talked about a lot and some new designs. Yes, we have bigger so designs on the face out. masks. If you're going to order a face mask, get it with the logo that says bigger dead drunk logo because that's the one that will show up on the face mask better. Yeah. Yeah. And then wear your face mask in all public settings. Yes, please. <laughs> so that link will be in our show notes. It's also in our blog post, which you can find over at our website. DeadDrunkPodcast.com And that's all of our end business <laughs> for our chaser today shelby's gonna sing for us she's gonna sing lean on me because they played it a lot at the violin vigils for elijah mclean so enjoy her beautiful voice best wishes warmest regards